Campus Corner. It's the Ref Sooner Game Day Wrap-Up Show. Breaking down today's Sooner game. Here are your hosts, Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Well, the season is officially underway, and the Sooners are officially 1-0 in 2023 as OU dominates Arkansas State today 73 to nothing. The final score reads 73 to nothing. The score could have been 173 to nothing if OU wanted it to be that way. Yes, Travis, we're going to have to preface it for the next two hours to say, I know the opponent wasn't great. Arkansas State's not a great team. Butch Jones is a lame head coach. But for what it was, that was a really good performance on both sides of the ball. And I guess we'll start with the offense here. Let's look at the first half. I thought Dylan Gabriel, the deep balls were really good. Not every throw was necessarily on the money. But if you look at the final numbers, you look at the deep balls today, I think there's a lot to be happy about uh, with your returning QB today. Yeah, I think he did what he needed to do. And here's the thing. As I've said you know, for the last couple weeks, you don't know that your team is a college football playoff contender. You don't know that your team is a Big 12 championship contender in week one when you're playing an opponent like this. But what you do know, Tyler, is if they're not. And that's the thing I think that Dylan Gabriel went out there to prove is, look, I'm not a guy that's going to get benched in week two. I'm not this guy, right? I'm going to I'm gonna hit receivers. One thing I liked, he spread the ball around, man. Everybody ate yep. today, and I think that was important. I think some of these games are treated kind of like an extended opportunity of fall camp, right? These position battles, especially a wide receiver, are continuously ongoing. So I love that they spread the ball around. Two programs that have scored 50-plus in a game for the last 15 years in the entire country, and it's only Arkansas State and Oklahoma. Well, well, I don't think Arkansas State's going to be extending that, so Oklahoma might be the only team going forward that has that. But again, Arkansas State, people can say, oh, this team stinks, this team stinks. Well, guess what? You know, Southern Utah stinks. Arizona State struggled against them. South Dakota stinks. Missouri struggled against them. Like, there are a bunch of teams that are not very good but this is what you have to yeah. go do. Uh, Oklahoma right now is, I, I believe, I haven't seen all the scores today, but probably scored or probably tied for the highest scoring offense in the country and the lowest scoring defense in the country. It's not OU's fault that Arkansas State's really bad. Uh, there, there's nothing you can do about that. The only thing that you could do today was to come out and make Arkansas State look like a bad football team. O, OU came out and made Arkansas State look so bad that there were uh, national SEC writers that were saying, oh, Butch Jones should be fired at halftime this once proud arkansas state program it is no more this is embarrassing for their program that's what OU did today okay it's not OU's fault that arkansas state's a bad team they are not a good team probably the worst team that they play all they could do is what they did today they won 73 nothing again it could have been 173 to nothing today so give this team its credit in no way does this mean they're going to the playoff or they're all of a sudden the front runner to win the league but they did what they had to do today and i think you I think you got to be happy, too, with not just the number of points, but the way that they were able to generate points as well. They they took a punt back to the house, man. They took a punt back to the house. With the new rules in college football, I don't care who you're playing, that's a lot more difficult these days. Gavin Freeman said, see ya. And for back-to-back years, the second consecutive year, his first touch of the season, he takes it all the way uh, home for a touchdown. No, what a story. And I'm glad you brought up Gavin Freeman. Not only the special teams, which was big time. We've talked about needing to get that back going. 2016 was the last time that we had a special team score. Obviously, that was the year where T.D. Westbrook scored. That was the year that Joe Mixon took back a kick. 
But getting that done in week one, I'll tell you what, Tyler, they kept trying to tell us, didn't they? They kept trying to tell us about Gavin Freeman. And yeah. a lot of fans didn't want to listen. They thought, oh, he's a charity case. He's a this, that, and the other. He's barely on scholarship. I don't care, man. The guy I saw out there today, two touchdowns today for Gavin Freeman, the former walk-on. It's big time. We should have believed him when they said it. Yeah, I uh, I hope Drake Stoops is okay, by the way. Look, looks like it may have been a uh, shoulder injury. He, he didn't come back in the game. He tried to run back in as, as soon as the injury happened. They didn't allow him, so... Uh, Desan McCullough went down to the game. Drake Stoops went down to the game. And uh, if we get any updates on that in the postgame press conference, uh, we'll, we'll certainly relay that to you. But uh, all in all, it's a good day. It, it was a good day. I, watching SMU a little bit earlier, SMU's going to pose a lot tougher test next week. And I, and I think that we all knew that coming into the year. But SMU can score. They, they can throw the ball around. They've got a good offense. they got a good quarterback. I think overall defensively today was good. Arkansas State had a ton of drops today. ton of drops today. But still, there were individual moments from this defense that I really liked, such as Reggie Pearson coming up in the first quarter against a run. Boom! Hitting a guy for a TFL. Still, I, I know some have been complaining about the pass rush. That's fair, but... All in all, it was a shutout. It was it was a good day, man. It, it was a good day on both sides. And I, and I totally get complaining about the pass rush. I get it. But they were shut out. They were completely shut out. Yeah. At what point do we look there and say, look, our Mason Thomas really didn't, you know, wasn't the guy that we think he's going to be. I mean, these guys, like, at a certain point, like, you beat him 73 to nothing. Like, at what, at what point? Do you just need to look yourself in the mirror and say, look, if I have a problem with a 73-0 performance, like maybe I'm the problem is what people need to say. Maybe maybe you're the problem. Maybe you think you might have higher standards than everybody else and you think we should have won 100 to nothing or we should have had 25 sacks or whatever. But that is the most complete game of football that this team has put together in a while. So just just be happy with it. That The fan base needed that. Just needed that nice start. Needed that nice start to the season, so you're 1-0. Uh, you took care of business against a football team that's probably not going to win a lot of games. And Colorado up on uh, TCU 45-42 here with under a minute left. We'll keep you updated on that one. But and, just uh, the, the theme of the day as we go along here is, you know, we said all week this wasn't a good team. OU should take care of business. Um, and and they did. Like The theme of the day is OU did exactly what we asked them to do. That, that was it. Yeah, and I want to I want to look at at some of these numbers because Oklahoma had 36 first downs, Tyler. 36. Yeah. I mean, the spread was 36 and a half. Yeah, we have 36 first downs. We got 11 for 13 on third down. That's far more efficient than we've ever been. Our just all the quarterbacks. We had four quarterbacks that played 30 for 33. Incredible. 220 yards rushing. We held them to 48 yards rushing. Just, I mean, a complete effort. That's what we've been asking for. Jim in Arlington has showed up. What's up, Jim? Good to see you. He, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Jim listens every single day in Arlington. I know you got the ref app, all right? I know you. He didn't even need to show me the app. So Jim in Arlington, appreciate him coming by. We're at O'Connell's here on Campus Corner. Wendy Chevrolet, Sooner Game Day wrap-up show. OU wins at 73 to nothing over Arkansas State. What was it, 45 to nothing at the half? Yeah, um, yeah, once we yeah. got to halftime, um, just 
it felt like every like there, there was a there is a punter battle going on for OU right now. But I guess we got to wait till next week potentially. We to punted see what's once. Going on. Uh, for I mean, at least as far as I saw, I think we punted once um, on the last possession of the game. Plaster got that kick, uh, booted it 50 yards. You know, a nice punt, but. I hope we get to week four or five and still not know who our punter is because they have no reps. Yeah, well. Winnie Chevrolet, Shooter Game Day wrap-up show. A lot to uh, cover because, well, oh, you scored a lot of touchdowns today. Ten in total. 73-0 over Butch Jones in the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Colorado has beaten TCU, and I am shocked. I thought TCU would absolutely roll CU in Fort Worth today. Uh, Fox wins, though. This is exactly what Fox wanted, is for Deion Sanders in Colorado to even be more of a story. They go down to Fort Worth and win. Somehow OU's schedule, remember how we were talking about how bad it was all offseason long? I think OU's schedule just got worse now that TCU loses at home to Colorado. Oh, boy. Right. We were talking about, you know, what are your toughest games, right? With this schedule, you had a lot of differing opinions on what your best games would be, your toughest games. I think TCU just plummeted down that list because man they look bad at times today that defense is not what it used to be so before we cut out that last segment i I wanted to bring up one individual player who's not going to be looked at as necessarily the mvp but me personally and i hope everyone else is really glad that he had a nice game because the last time he was on owen field he dropped a two-point conversion in the back of the end zone to lose the spring game and his drops even last year were pretty well noted a year ago, and a lot of people throughout the offseason, ah, Jaden Gibson can't play, he can't catch the football. We caught the football today, man, and he didn't catch the football because of scheme or design. Jaden Gibson caught the football because he mossed a couple of people earlier today. Tight coverage in two different uh, situations. He goes up and makes a play on both of them, one of them for a touchdown. I'm not proclaiming Jaden Gibson wide receiver number one right now. But I am saying don't count him out of the conversation. He looks really good physically. And if he's going to go up and win one-on-one plays like that, watch. Let's let's monitor Jaden Gibson here moving forward. That Get ca- a hell of a day. That catch in the end zone was exactly what you thought you were getting whenever you saw. I mean, when Oklahoma fans saw that commitment, and they all they did was look at his size, that's exactly what they expected. They expected the screw it, Jaden's down there somewhere yep. throws, right? And that was what we saw, right? He was covered. He was blanketed. And he put it up there, went and got him, mossed him like you said. What I like about it, Tyler, is him and Nick Anderson, only two catches apiece. But Jaden Gibson went two for 54 for a t- and a touchdown. Nick Anderson went two for 68. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And he caught a deep ball. We yeah. want those deep balls, right? And, and that's what's so exciting. When you look at, like, I don't know, let's pick a – a terrible team out of the out of a hat. Let's call it Missouri. Arkansas State. Oh. Let's call it Missouri. I like Missouri a lot. Missouri, Missouri, they go on and they throw a uh, you know a bunch of uh, behind the uh, line of scrimmage passes, and they're like, man, this guy's been cooking. No, average air yards is like three yards. No, we were throwing it down the field. Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson, Jacquez Petaway. We had five receivers, Tyler, that over 50 yards in receiving. I mean, really spread the ball out. Just just great things all around. Jordan Evans has uh, joined us here at O'Connell's on Campus Corner. Legendary Campus Corner. Legendary O'Connell's. Legendary Jordan Evans. Come on down. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a party here. You can hear Boomer Sooner playing in the background right now. 
it's um, it's it's quite the quite the scene right now as OU wins 70, 73 nothing. Everyone just needed this today, okay? Everyone just needed a nice, convincing win to start the year. And now everyone's okay. Yeah, even the doom and gloomers are maybe a little bit more optimistic about things moving forward. Maybe. I can't speak for the uh, boomer doomers there. Um, you want to get Jordan Evans on? Is that? Okay, yeah. I'll uh, Give me one second. I'll get him a headset here. But, um, yeah, yeah. You want, you want to, yeah, we'll just switch off there. Let's get, uh, let's get Jordan Evans on. Former Sooner, played a few years in the NFL, Seattle Sea Dragons in the XFL this past year. Jordan, man, I, I don't. There's not really much to complain about, man. You won 73 nothing. We said earlier they could have won 173 to nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really impressed with what I saw from the two quarterbacks. But Dylan Gabriel, to me, man, he looked in control. He looked poised. He just looked like. He looked like the dude of that offense today. Yeah, no, it was a beautiful thing. I mean, I think when the first game, when you're playing an opponent that you're playing against, you want to see efficiency. You just want to see a smooth transition. I'm pretty sure they said, what, 10 possessions, 10 touchdowns? Yeah. And so that's all you can ask for. So they, they the team looked good. They scored on offense, scored on special teams, and then had a shutout on defense, right? So that's a beautiful thing to see, and so we always enjoy watching that. So your position, the backers. Yes. you got Stutzman that's there. I love that Canick kind of took control and won that other backer spot. Uh But I remember Brent saying before spring, like, hey, if we have an injury, we're in some serious trouble because of our depth. And not that today means that they've arrived as a position group, and I don't think Brent would say that, but you've got Stutzman, you've got Cannon, you've got Lewis Carter, who I really, really like. You've got some of these youngsters. I'm curious what you saw from the linebackers as a whole today, but it feels like they're a lot – in a lot better spot depth-wise than maybe right. they were before spring ball. Yeah, no, it was exciting. That's what I was excited to see because the, especially for Danny Stutzman, the jump that you have from year one to year two, yeah. that's where you see the biggest gain. So I just saw them flying around, making plays. Something that I was really paying attention to, you saw Danny taking control of the huddle, control of the field. You see him making adjustments. So that's just a beautiful thing to see as well, especially playing the linebacker. You know you're in good hands. And then Ken is just a young guy that you can see is crazy athletic flying around. And some young guys got to go in there and play. So we got the depth. We got the opportunities that the guys get to go uh, grow. And so I think it's going to be a good good, good side for us on defense this year. Anyone else defensively outside the linebackers that really impressed you today? Uh, I think our DBs look good. Obviously, uh, Bowman, um, Harrington looked nice out yeah, there. I love yeah. the play by Gentry yes. Williams today at corner. Yes. So anytime you see a corner come up and make a play, especially number 21, what's his name, Pearson? Reggie Pearson, man. Pearson, and I, and yeah. I was just about to ask you about him. He has the – Penalty over there on the sideline, the right? And then the next play, they run the ball. He comes up, yeah. boom, man. Yeah. And that's what I've been waiting for an OU defense to have is that safety, that right. headhunter that will come up against the run. He's a transfer from Tech, but right. he's, I don't know, man. I I, I feel pretty good about that him. That play right there, like you said, he had a flag next play. Me and Caleb Kelly were watching it together when that play happened, and it gave me flashbacks to Tony Jefferson. Yeah. How Tony Jefferson was always in the backfield, even as a safety, whether it was sacks, TFL, so – no, that was exciting to see as well. I mean, the offense score. I mean, they yeah. punt one time today. What did you just feel overall offensively today? Like I said, they look efficient. I mean, how many people touched the ball today, you know? I mean. Well, and got over, had over a 30-yard gain today. Exactly, you know? yeah. So, no, that, you see Dylan Gabriel, especially in the first half, because all he had to play, yeah. touch, get touches to every single one of his players. Uh, running backs was efficient. There's multiple touchdowns. 
Uh, shout out to Nick Anderson. I know he had some yep. injuries last year, and this year he got to come out and had a little breakout. So that was fun to see. So the offense looked good, and I'm just excited to see how many more points they're going to put Caught on. Caught a deep ball. Love Jaden Gibson today. Two yep. competitive catches. Stoops with a touchdown. Hope he's healthy. Yeah, hope he's okay. Yeah, hope it looks like okay. a little AC shoulder sprain. It's nothing too serious. And how about these guys getting a special teams touchdown I know. Today, huh? When was the last time we had a public touchdown <laughs> like that? It's been a while, man. Nah, yeah, that was nice. Gavin, what, one cut gone, and you see <laughs> his speed on that kid, so. No, that you can nice tell when see. he caught it, it's like, ooh, okay, he's got some room. You heard the crowd. You heard yeah. the crowd. You saw they outkick the coverage. Yeah. And they did that a couple times. He almost broke one. But it was nice to see that touchdown early on. I'll tell you who I really like. And I still think it's going to be Javante Barnes, who's probably your leading rusher. Saw Chuck when he's back. And number two, he's a really good player. I like Tommy Walker a lot. Just oh, yeah. that. And Teddy and I have been talking about it this offseason. Just the, the build that he has. Uh-huh. Not comparing what his career is going to be by any stretch, but – Little Samaj in there. Yeah, just a little stout, strong. Yeah. You yeah. see a bowling ball. I saw him yeah. break a couple tackles. Yeah, we have a lot of depth. Shout out to DeMarco Murray. He's got all those guys playing at a high level. So, always from Barnes to Marcus Major into 29. Walker, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they all look good, man. They got touches. I think they all touched the end zone, right? Or so, Tommy no. Walker had two. I think I know Barnes Marcus had one. Had, Both your quarterbacks got a, had a rushing touchdown Exactly. Today. So, in this, uh, what? Arnold's birthday today, too, yeah. so that's a good little one game right <laughs> there, bad. touchdown. So, so how, how are you just overall feeling about things now? You, you had an opinion on this team going to the season. You've seen them once. Just kind of where are you at with this No, one? I'm excited. I think they look good. Um, obviously can't get too high or, or too low uh, off of the first game, but putting up 70 points in the first game and having a pitching like a shutout like they did for the most part, it's, it's very exciting, and you have a lot of high hopes for what's to come. And hopefully, we build on it next week versus SMU. See Coach Prime in Colorado. No, I see today that. Yeah, hey, you know we like that here. Man. Yeah. So shout out to Coach Prime. It's nice to see what he's doing over there, in Colorado. Yeah. Well, if uh, if you're one out there that's tired of hearing about Colorado this all all this off season, sorry about you. Exactly. They're going to keep. <laughs> they they got about another uh, prime time 11 a.m. game against Nebraska. Yeah. Next week. So uh, no, that's that's been the shock of the day thus far. Well. Um, how how uh, how was your experience in the XFL last no, year? No, it was great. XFL is a great opportunity. Um, you know, it's kind of like a spring league, G league for yeah. for the NFL. So I had a great time. It felt good being able to play around again. Obviously, I got cut short with some injuries, but I mean, just the opportunity to play ball again at a high level was a blessing. So I thank God for that. Yeah, um, Bob Stoops winning it was pretty cool, man. It was. You very know, they, they got the year as a what five hundred exactly, team, yeah, and they didn't just win the two games. They kind of dominated. dominated in those past games. Had, a, had a, like a, a quarterback change, but, yeah. they, hey, that's big game Bob. You know he's, he got opportunity to playoffs. You see what he did. So. That, league, that league, I think it's done really well. It man. Has, yeah. I mean, it was highly entertaining. A lot of the rules, uh-huh. the NFL starting to say, huh. They like kinda it. Kind of like some right. of these rules here. Yeah. And, um, no, it was a lot of fun. And a ton of those guys, a ton of those guys got camp invites. Signed to exactly. NFL teams, yeah, so. there was like 50 league. or so. There's a handful of my guys that are on a, a practice squad right now. So great opportunity, and I was just, you know, glad I had a, a chance to go do that. Man, I appreciate you joining us. Always, as always, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, yeah. Former Sooner Jordan Evans. We'll take a timeout. More coming up next. It is the Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day wrap-up show live from O'Connell's on Campus Corner. Keep it locked on the ref. Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day wrap-up show. OU wins at seventy-three nothing over Arkansas State. Total beat down. What OU doubled the spread today? Well, the spread was uh, 30, 35, 36 and a half at kickoff. How many Jeez. times have we doubled the spread while the spread's been over 30? I'm not sure ever. Just keep in mind, this is what Vegas thinks we're going to do 36 and a half. A lot of people waffling. Ooh, I don't know. The spread moved a little bit, but it, Tyler Churz held it and moved to 73. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, Connor, uh, what do we got back in studio on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, before we get some calls? Yeah, let's see. We've got one from 713. It said, great game. That will put them in top of defensive ranks to start the season. Then he says, uh, critiques, uh, no Stogner and no pass rush. Yeah, not a whole lot of Austin Stogner today. I saw a lot of Blake Smith uh, was out there today, which I don't necessarily hate because we talk about the backup tight end all the time. But I think maybe Stogner had one catch, I want to say, maybe one catch. Uh, he'll be a, a bigger factor, though, moving forward. You, you want to read two more? Yeah, here we Connor? go. Uh, can't come to the post game, but I'm happy outside of the lack of pass rush. So, yeah, we're getting quite a few texts coming in about the, yeah, the pass rush from the deep of the line today. Stogner had zero catches. Ooh, yeah, I mean, the pass rush is interesting, right, because your goal at the end of the day is to, what, Tyler, stop the other team from scoring, perhaps? Right, stop the other team from scoring. So, however that gets done, the results should be stop the other team from scoring. So, the of course, the, the shutout is one thing, but, I don't know, a shutout needed to also have 20 sacks, and I know that some people, especially the Doomers, are going to come after me and say, Hey, man, we should have at least had six, seven, eight, nine sacks against this. But it doesn't seem like the coaching staff was pressing at certain times. RMT wasn't out there. Austin Stogner wasn't out there. Gavin Sawchuck wasn't out there. Tyler, those are three players that we expect to be in the thick of the activity, in the thick of the action in conference play. Is there a chance, Tyler, that they just said, Hey, man, let's let's let some of these guys rest a bit? Maybe. I, here's where I'm at right now with the pass rush. It's I am not going to go overboard with it. Oh, my God, Gunny just showed up here. I'm not going to go overboard or super worried about the pass rush. I will monitor it moving forward. If it's an issue in the SMU game, if it's an issue in the Tulsa game and they can't get con- consistent pressure, then we will address that as an issue moving forward. However, I'm not ready to point at that and say that's a major major weakness of this football team it's something i will monitor it has been brought to my attention now let's monitor it next week but i'm just not ready i I still think this edge position is pretty good i think it's got a chance to be really good i'm just not ready to call it a massive weakness just yet that's just not not where i'm at yeah saturday and i'm not willing to take a guy like trace ford who when healthy is we've seen him be quite good Rondo Bothroyd, win healthy. We've seen him be the ACC pass rush win rate leader. I'm not ready to just say, oh, these guys forgot how to do this. You know what I mean? So with that, I mean, I feel I'm confident in the pass rush still. And uh, I'm losing confidence in Texas's defense as they've already given up more points against Rice in the first quarter than Oklahoma gave up all day. We'll see. But, uh, no, as far as the pass rush goes, I just – I don't know, man. I, I'm going to have to see them at completely full tilt with R. Mason Thomas and Trace and Rondell really getting after it before I, I, I pass judgment down on them. 405-651-3439. We'll get to more of your text coming up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's go to the phone lines. I believe we have JL holding on. JL, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Yes, sir. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Good to talk to you. Hey, uh, listen, it's, it's hard to be impressed beating a team like that when there's clearly a physical mismatch. And that, that pass rush is, is basically non-existent against really a very weak offensive line. So th- th- there's, there's trouble down the road in that department, no doubt about that. 
uh, you just can't cover that up. Yeah. That was that that, that was a, a a pitiful, to be honest, offensive, offensive line, and you get no pass rush. You get basically zero pass rush. And and looking at the Big Twelve in general right now, it doesn't look like too much. So. Uh, yeah. Well, I, okay. I, I mean, just, I, I I hear you there, and it wasn't great today. Yeah. No. Hey, I appreciate the call, JL. So, like like we just said, it's. If there's a negative of today, it's it's definitely that. It's definitely the pass rush. And I will be interested to hear what Britt Vittable says about the lack of pass rush today. Again, it was an issue today. There's no doubt. Arkansas State is, is not a good team. Arkansas State is a bad football team. So in no way am I elevating my expectations after today of this team. Arkansas State pretty much is maybe even a little bit worse than what I thought that they were going to be today. But um, – I'm just going to monitor this pass rush moving forward, and um, we'll, we'll see from there. we got a lot going on right here at O'Connell's. Thank you, Elon. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Um, but, no, it, look, it was not great today, but I still like these edge position players when they're full tilt, ready to go. Let's evaluate them maybe. Let, let's not write the final chapter on the pass rush today because here's what we're not doing. We're not writing the final chapter on the wide receivers or the offensive line or the backers or the secondary. You know what I mean? Like, it was the one spot today that was not good. I don't think that that necessarily has to be the case for the rest of the year. I think that they will get a better pass rush moving forward. They better get a better pass rush moving forward. I think that's better, uh, a lot, uh, uh, pretty fair. But let's, let's, just, let's just monitor it moving forward here before we say they absolutely suck. No, I, yeah, go ahead. And so, like, with that, again, I, I bring it up. Arkansas State was 2 of 12 on third down, 0 of, you know, 0 for just the 0 for 1 on fourth down. We held them below 50% completion percentage and only gave up 40 yards rushing, 48 yards rushing. I mean, there's a certain point, Tyler, again, where it's we can't get caught up in things. When, when you have that dominant of a defensive performance, what do you want out of a pass rush? Do you want to obviously get sacked? Sure, but hold them to a, a low rushing number? Cool, 48 yards. You want to hold them on third down? Cool, they went two for 12. You want to hold them to a, you know, you're really working them in the pocket and they got to make throws under duress? Cool, they had a below 50% completion percentage. Like all of the, like, all of the results that would come from a pass rush, we still got. And I realize Arkansas... Arkansas State isn't good, but you didn't see R. Mason Thomas. You didn't see a lot of these guys. They got a lot of young guys in. That's exactly how you want to draw Did it up. Did you see a lot of exotic blitzes, blitzes today no. either? I'm not going to sit there and say that I watched the All-22 or anything like that. And I get the overall point. And some people will say, well, with your defensive front, you should be able to generate enough pressure without having to bring blitzes. That's fair. But I'm going to guess that OU played a pretty vanilla straight-up defense today. And sure, you should be able to get pressure with your defensive front against a team like this. And we have acknowledged that if there was a weakness today, that that was definitely it. But let's let's judge the pass rush a little bit once they start applying pressure in other areas besides the defensive line because that's going to help, obviously. It also confuses an offensive line a little bit where they don't know where the pressure's coming from. It puts a lot of stress on the offensive line. I, I, and I don't want to sit here and act like I'm just making a ton of excuses for the lack of pass rush today. I'm not. I, I realize what happened today. All I'm saying is I'm not ready to write the verdict just yet that this team's not going to be able to get to the quarterback. That's all That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it does seem, like I said, a, a little bit, I don't know, 
persnickety, if you will. I know I'm not Parker Thune, but I might be able to use some words every once in a while. Hopefully Parker can get back to me if I use that correctly. But, um, you know, with, with that, it's Arkansas State in the past has been able to score. I mean, they're averaging 25 points a game last year. You know, we've given up points to other teams, you know, tough, tough teams. And, I mean, when I say tough, I mean rough, rough teams. But it's, I don't know, I, I, I just, I have such a tough time, Tyler, understanding that we gave up less than 50 rushing yards, less than 50% completion percentage, and and 2 of 12 and third downs, and people are saying, whoa, we didn't rest the passer well enough. What I mean, it, the result is the result. We got exactly all the results we needed. And to your point, I don't think we'll see anything besides a vanilla defense until, what, Texas? We might add some sprinkles to the vanilla against SMU. We might drizzle a little bit of chocolate sauce on there against Cincinnati. But we aren't seeing much outside of vanilla until we get to Dallas. Yeah, Connor, you want to read a few more texts before we hit a break here? Again, that's 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, uh, 405, most impressed with the wide receivers today. Lots of competitive depth there for sure. Yeah, there was a bunch of wide receivers getting involved in the offense today, for sure. Well, and, and just like the point, just like the point about the pass rush, right, is the wide receivers were good. The wide receivers were very good today. But is the wide receiver position still a question mark for me on this team? Yes. I, my only point today, I'm acknowledging the good. I'm acknowledging the bad and the in-between. All I'm saying is we came in today saying, we're not going to learn anything about this team. We're not going to learn anything about this team. Well, okay, like your questions or your concerns can still be just that. Your positives or your strengths can still be just that after you beat a team to the town of Arkansas State. Not everything has to be decided. See, my question, Tyler, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bug back a little bit on it. My question about the wide receiver core, well, you say, do I still have questions about the wide receivers? Absolutely. But instead of the question of, are we any good at wide receiver? It's, which are the best wide receivers, right? Because there weren't guys just running willy-nilly down the middle of the field, you know, and and they were just dropping them, you know, didn't have to run back for catches, didn't have to do all this. No, these were contested catches over and over and over again, breaking tackles, doing this after the catch, everything like that. So in my opinion, Tyler, this isn't a situation of, you know, I, I, you know, you may have questions about the wide receiver core, but my questions are not, are these guys any good? Because it's it's clear to me that at least Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson, Andrew Anthony, I already know Greg Stoops and Jaleel Farouk are good. Now it's just out of a crop of good receivers, who's going to be a difference maker? And I think we got some candidates for that now. Uh, Connor, let's read one more before we hit a break. Let's see. Don says, about my only complaint was the receivers being wide open underneath. It's, it's a first game with a lot of new players in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there were some busts in the secondary. But, again, we had to expect we had to expect that, right? Like, not everything was going to be – not everything is fixed with this team. I think that they're better, guys. I think they got a chance to be a lot better. And I thought that going into the year – but you had to know that not everything was just going to look perfect, and not everything did look perfect today. And they beat a bad football team, yes, they beat a bad football team, 73-0. So I'm just I'm going to take today for what it is. There was a lot of good that came out today, a lot of things that said, okay, yeah, we got to shore up this a little bit, and I'm sure that they will do that here in the next week before they play SMU. I, I'm just I'm taking today as 
you did what you needed to do against the bad football team. That's just kind of well, that's kind of where I'm at. My thing, Tyler, is yes, they're a bad football team. Are they any worse than a lot of these other teams that these teams that, that teams are playing around the country? Because they're not winning seventy three to nothing. Are they any better than South Dakota? Are they any better than Rice? Are they any better than all these? And the thing is, under Lincoln Riley, we struggled against those kind of teams. We struggled. Those teams scored a lot, and we sat there thinking, ooh, I don't know, this quarterback might be pretty good. Look at what he did against us. And then he would be a bum the rest of the year. Like, we're, we're not dealing with that. We're not dealing with even a team last year, Tyler, where, you know, you might give up a lot of points and think, ah, man, I mean, I know we handled them, but, man, we gave up some trash stuff. What we were saying all week, Tyler, was, you know, a shutout would be nice, but surely they'll get a garbage time timeout or a touchdown. Surely they'll get a, you know, this, that, or the other. Tyler, they didn't get none of it. Yeah. None of it. That's because we have, ding, ding, competitive depth. Auburn over UMass, 10-7 to into the first quarter um, on the Plains. Texas is up 7-3 on Rice. That is getting late in the first quarter. Colorado upsets TCU. The story of the day in college football Coach Prime is 1-0. He beats uh, he beats TCU, and it was not a fluke. Uh, Colorado led by 10 at one point in the second half, and they go down to Fort Worth, get a big win. They'll turn around and play Nebraska at home. Big noon coming up next week. 405-651-3439. Keep the text coming. More to come next right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day wrap-up show live from O'Connell's on Campus Corner where it is hopping. College football is finally here, the first real Saturday of the college football season. And we got games all over the TVs here at O'Connell's. They'll be uh, they'll be partying all night long here at O'Connell's on uh, Campus Corner. Just love it. Nothing like a game day. Nothing like a game day. And uh, OU impresses in game one, I think. OU impresses in game one, I think. They win 73 to nothing. But some still have issues with the um, couple broken plays in the back end, the pass rush. Connor, what would you say, man? I, I know that you're kind of going through those texts back in studio. Would you say the texts are overwhelmingly positive, overwhelmingly negative, or a pretty good mix of both? We, yeah, we, we actually got a mix of both. I'm, I'm a little surprised. I mean, yeah, the pass rush wasn't there, but, dude, I think it's because, I mean, the offense at Arkansas State ran. I mean, they're getting the ball out very quickly. So, I mean, obviously you're not going to have many sacks going up against an offense like that, but you still expect them to dominate up front. But, yeah, other than that, the only negative part is, yeah, the defensive line. Yeah, I mean, it's – is there any other – and I guess I'm asking the text line with this too. And I, I, I can get it. We, we talked about the pass rush already. Is there anything else you're harping on that was an overwhelmingly negative today, something that you didn't love? I mean, there's enough positives to talk about today. But what else outside the pass rush has people has people annoyed? And I guess it would be a well. I, I'm going to guess the thought is if Arkansas State had any wide receivers that could catch whatsoever, they probably hit on a big play or two, and you're not talking about a shutout. Well, what's interesting, Tyler, is this is an offense that's built to run the ball. With Arkansas State, they're built to run the ball. They brought in a uh, UT Martin two-time All-Ohio Valley Conference uh, player. Uh, I mean, he a, a guy that rushed for 1,000 yards and 16 scores last year. He rushed for 800 yards and 15 scores the year before. That's a, that's a running back that was supposed to be their w- big win in the portal, and they were going to lean on him and behind their, their new center and their two new offensive linemen from Ole Miss. They held them to, to, to nothing. 
I mean, it held them under 50 yards rushing. That was the goal, yes. Did their wide receivers drop some passes? Oh, of course they did, absolutely. But there were also some times where a guy like Ginger Williams comes up and sticks somebody. Reggie Pearson comes up and sticks somebody. You got Billy Bowman got back there. Then you've got Jaden Rowe coming in there off the bench at 6'3", 220, whatever he is now. It's a situation where if those guys were just thrown against air, they'd probably catch those. But you have to consider that the defense has something to do with the opposition's performance. They are a pretty bad football team. <laughs> oh, they're not great. But, here's the, but, it, but also, here's the thing. They're not good. And But but a lot of people think, oh, they're not good because they were two wins when, when he first got there, three wins when he got there last year. Keep in mind, they won two years in 2020, or two games in 2021. And then they only won three games last year, but they were leading Tyler in eight of 12 games last year in the fourth quarter. So this was a team that, much like Oklahoma, found late game struggles and thought that this might be a year that they turn the tide and maybe get over the hump. Well, from what we saw today, that that hump is more like a mountain. Butch is getting fired at the end of this year. Yep. Butch is getting fired at the end of this year. Uh, quick scoreboard update before we go back to the phone lines. Iowa State is up on Northern Iowa, 30-3 to late in the third quarter. Ohio State is up on Indiana, 7-0 early in the second quarter. Boise State 7, Washington 6, 14 minutes left in the second quarter. Texas just kicked a field goal. They're up on Rice 10-3 to early in the second quarter. Quinn, Auburn, Quinn came up limping a little bit, too. That's really to watch. Ooh, interesting. Auburn, we want Arch. We want Arch. Well, we still don't know who the backup quarterback is. I guess we're going to find out today. If they can distance themselves from Rice, I'm guessing that they will. But Auburn over UMass, 17-7, 14 minutes left in the second quarter. Cal and North Texas tied at seven midway through the first quarter. Then you have Tennessee dominating Virginia, 49-13. The big upset of the day, Colorado over TCU, 45-42. And then, uh, yeah, a whole lot of blowout wins. SMU, your opponent next week, won 38-14. SMU is going to be... SMU is going to score. It's a much, much better test than what Arkansas State is. And I'm not saying that SMU is one of the three best teams that you play this year. I'm just saying compared to what you just saw, SMU's a SMU's. It a might be one test. of the three best offenses. I won't lie. I might, it might be one of the three best offenses because when you think of it, all right, so Texas, obviously probably the best offense, at least talent-wise, that you're going to see. A good play caller in Sark. Um, other offenses, you see what TCU did against the bad Colorado defense today. I don't, I don't know. Is SMU maybe a top four offense you might see this year, Tyler? Potentially, if Preston Stone's the real deal, and he's like the highest-rated player they've ever had in the recruiting rankings era, I believe there. At, at, at least maybe high, straight out of high quarterback. school. Quarterback, yeah, yeah, straight, yeah, out, yeah. Of straight out of high school. Because they've had some transfers that were yeah. that were highly rated. But but that's the thing. It's you know they're going to score for sure. But you're going to have a Their lot of guys that bad. got a lot of rest. You got a lot of guys that didn't even play the second half today. One thing uh, Brent touched on in, in the post-game presser. Tyler, we had nine red zone trips today, scored touchdowns on all nine. That's what you need to do consistently throughout the year against tougher competition, but it starts with doing it against the bad competition. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Dennis in Chicago, you're on the postgame show. What's going on, Dennis? Dennis? What's up, guys? That's, that's a good way to start the season. I don't care who we were playing. Yeah. That's fun to watch. There are worse ways to start the year, Dennis. However, um, I guess 
some have chosen to be unhappy about today based on the lack of pass rush. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get that. I whatever. would choose to be optimistic about 73 nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you guys, and I was thinking the same thing, Connor and Tyler, you guys nailed it. I mean, it was, it was a lot of vanilla defense, both, you know, they weren't showing a lot of exotic looks, obviously. But you know what I'll tell you I did like was, I mean, we, I thought they tackled well. Every team's going to make a play here and there, and I know there were drops, and, you know, you're not perfect. There's going to be plays. But I really liked the way they tackled. They tackled in space. They were they were really bringing it. And, you know, something else, I mean, we can go back to last year, and I could be wrong, but we didn't see a lot of those stupid false start penalties this yeah. today. I mean, they, they played – I felt they played really clean – going at a high, you know, pace, that fast pace they were going at where you're going to have false starts, especially game one. We didn't have a lot of that. There weren't a lot of yeah, holding calls. Yeah, there wasn't and, a lot of stupid and, and, things like that. And I expected that in, in game one, maybe some more procedure stuff. They, they didn't have that. Um, yeah, not tackling, I think, for the most part was pretty good. And not only was tackling good for the most part, Dennis, in my opinion, but there were also some big hits. You know, Reggie Pearson. Yeah has the big yeah. hit on the sideline that draws a 15-yard <laughs> penalty, but then he comes back. I, I think it was the next play and next blows play. up that running play in the uh, in the backfield. So When Gentry Williams yeah. came up and smoked somebody as yep. well. So, I mean, yep, Gentry is looking like a linebacker out there when he's hitting people. And uh, I mean, Kanek looks solid. I mean, there's 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 a lot of positives. If you want to – the extra point game scared me a little bit. You know, a couple of those kicks, we didn't miss one, but line drives, a couple that were at a high snap. I mean, if we're going to get nitpicking, like, you know, maybe we work on that a little bit. But overall, for a game one, you did what you had to do against this opponent. I don't think a lot of us saw 73 points in a shutout. So it's like that that's a nice week one. I thought Marcus looked really good running the ball. I think he ran hard. He looked healthy. I, I mean, everything looked – I mean, there's a lot of positives, and, you know, you build on that. And, you know, hey, hey, we're, we're happy up here in Chicago. Any Sooner fans up here got to be happy. Good to hear from you. Hey, Dennis, we appreciate it as always, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you taking my call. Have a great uh, holiday weekend. There you go. Uh, Brent Venables is at the podium right now as we speak. Looks like Drake Stoops – suffered an AC sprain and wanted to go back in the game. He also says Desan McCullough's ankle injury wasn't too severe. So good news on both of those fronts. I'm mentioning Desan McCullough, just kind of individual plays that you remember throughout the game. I think it was maybe at some point in the first quarter, you know, that hour and a half first quarter that we had. That was yeah. the longest first quarter. Desan McCullough, I, I don't think anyone's ever doubted his physicality or how he is coming up and hitting someone. It's always been, well, mentally, can he grasp that cheetah position? Is he going to have some bust? I saw him on a coverage, I think on a third down maybe. Yep. He comes up and bats the ball away. Um, in the few moments we saw him today, I thought Desan, Desan McCullough looked good, of course, with Justin Harrington as well. Yeah, Desan McCullough pops off the uh, field, right? I mean, he looks like a different type of athlete as he becomes more comfortable in the system and becomes, Tyler, more comfortable with coverage. You talked about how he batted down that pass. That's kind of the the area of his game that he has to grow because this is a guy that played linebacker and a little bit of edge at Indiana. That's what led him to be that you know freshman All-American 
No, this is uh, this is a situation where he needs to get coverage right. Yeah. So that was uh, that's exciting stuff. Um, like I said, I mean, it's the, the the defense made the plays that they just didn't make last year again against bad teams. Like you, that's what you look for as Rice throws an interception to the Longhorns, but they're in Longhorn territory, so. Quinn Ewers, uh, they take over in Texas Territory. Washington getting beat by Boise State 9-7 to early. I know you like Washington a lot, so that might yeah. shake you a little bit. Uh, let's see. Britt Venables also notes that OU had 87 different players. 87 different players got wow. snaps today. That's wow. Fascinating. All right. Uh, we'll get some phone calls coming up next and some texts as well. OU wins it today 73-0. We have our final hour of our post-game coverage coming up next live from O'Connell's on-campus corner. Keep it locked right here on the ref. We're the homeless Suter fans. Maybe, maybe uh, Got another Power 5 team on the schedule, Tyler. Maybe, maybe SMU have uh, ACC patches. When that strength of here. schedule is just ratcheting up as we speak. Texas up 10-3 to right now. They get the ball inside the 25-yard Tulsa line. Tulsa might be in the Big 12 by then. Yeah, could be. All right, let's go to the phone lines. I believe we have Roger in Roger. L.A. It's been a while, Roger. What's going on, man? You're on the postgame show. Gents, good to talk to you after a, uh, a long hiatus, what seemed like a very long and uh, and, uh, and very frustrating offseason. The longest offseason, Roger. But, uh, you know, the longest of my life after a six- and seven-year. That's right, after, like, really, for 20-plus years, right? But, you know, I, I tell you, um, I mean, yeah, pass rush, we've got to obviously turn something out, and that's why you develop as a team over the year. I think you're adding a lot of pieces there. Um, but I tell you, like, I – you would be hard pressed, and we and and when you look back, it's easy to to kind of pick this apart now. But hindsight's twenty twenty. When you look at last year, we struggled mightily the first two games and parts of those games. I mean, those both those games, UTEP. I think we had one touchdown early, and then like for the rest of the half, it was kind of squeezing out some possessions here and there for productivity. And then the second Kent game, State, against Kent you were State, down guys, three nothing I mean, late in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they moved the ball at will, and, and those were troubling signs. And I think we kind of kind of blew them off because of the Nebraska game. We didn't realize how terrible Nebraska was. But with that being said, you would just be hard-pressed to find a more complete game, no matter who you're playing. And you could nit- nitpick, you know, pass rush. I'm confident that, that you know, Brent Venables will figure that out. And we have – I think the most impressive things today were that Dylan Gabriel really looked good. And, he, and I don't know that he ever looked really good last year. He looked okay. Yeah. You know, and he was very accurate. And the, and the bigger thing is that we brought a lot of receivers to the table. It was great to finally have a, a receivers coach that looks like he's developed Gibson. He's, he's developed Nick Anderson. Those are national championship, conference championship style receivers. And then you throw in, like, your slot receivers with Stoops and, you know, and with, what Gavin Freeman brings you. And then you have Bunkley Sheldon. You just have a lot of different options here at receiver. Quite frankly, the most unproductive receiver we have, guys, is Farouk. He seems to be the guy that's just not – not really open. Then you have, you know, Petaway there. So they really have done a good job developing the receivers, and I think it's encouraging for the rest of the year. I, I have to disagree with the Hall of Fame caller there, Dennis. I think our, our, our worst running back today was Marcus Major. I think that – I think Twally Walker was better. I think Barnes was better. I think both the freshmen were better and some others in, uh, you know, in Caleb Hicks. So I, I – I, it's a little bit of a mystery to me as to why, other than the fact that maybe Major practices well, why he's playing so much. I, I don't – he doesn't bring you a lot. I think we got to get a little bit more explosive in the running game, and I think that will come. But um, it's overall just a hell of very, very – just to go out there and kick somebody's rear end that you're supposed to yeah. kick around. I mean, you were right. 
I think you guys mentioned about the Riley era. We would go out there and give up like 28 points, just like he did against San Jose State, and there would be guys wide open all over the field. It was really nice to say, hey, you give up one play, and the defense resets itself, and I thought did a good job that I keep everything in front of them. But good win today, Jens. It really was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up. And first of all, thank you so much for calling in. It's good to hear from you, uh, especially after a win. Uh, we didn't do that uh, down the stretch of the season last year. But really glad to hear from you, Roger. And here's the thing. I'm glad you brought up Jaleel Farouk because I think that is a I think that's a worthwhile conversation, right, is you've got guys out there making big-time plays, right, like big contested catches like Jaden Gibson, uh, you know, like like Nick Anderson, Obviously, Andrew Anthony looked good. Gavin Freeman looks crazy. I mean, you got to get him the ball. But Jaleel Farouk, as I said throughout the offseason, was there's a reason they tend to get this guy the ball in space, right? Maybe they'll hand it off to him. Maybe they'll get him the ball behind the, behind the line of scrimmage to where he can make some plays. And we actually, you know, we saw that against Texas, right? The guy's very hard to tackle. But what we need going forward is guys that can just go beat their guy yeah. or go win 50-50 balls. That's what we had with Marvin on the 50-50 side and the beating him. I'll tell you what, if Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson want to step up on those sides and be the guys that can not only get open but can go up and beat their guy consistently, I think you can bring up a good point. Well, Roger brought up the just the number of wide receivers that made plays today. And, yeah, I mean, just, just thinking about it, all the wide receivers that made plays. But there's one – outlier at least a little bit right nick anderson had a couple of catches andrew anthony had three drake stoops had four when he was there Jaden gibson two lv bunkley shelton two jacques petaway had nine catches Jeez. today i don't know if that's like any sort of a hint or a preview of what their intentions are for him in the future i know he didn't start today i don't know if that's a hint at all roger but i'm at least noticing that jacques petaway had several more touches and several more catches than any other receiver today. Yeah, and I, and I forgot about Anthony Chance, but I, I will tell you this. We are much better at the receiver position than we were last year. I think losing Gundy right before the year really train wrecked our receiver our receivers room last year, in my opinion. But we're really good at the receiver position. I think we got to get some productivity. I think it was a little surprised that Stogner didn't get any any play as far as in the, in the pass game, but I think that will open up. It was nice to see the freshman get a, get a ball today, but uh, – you know, really solid defensively, and that's where you want to be. You can win a lot of games if you just play good, solid defense. It's been a long time around here since before, at OU since we could say that, that, you know, we're on the road, I think, to playing good, solid defense this year. And I, I like this team, man. I think we're, it's one game, but, hey, I would rather be Oklahoma than TCU right now. How bad was that TCU defense today? That I mean, Terrible. you got to give, like Sanders, a lot of credit. The great experiment, at least through one game, a lot of these career coaches now, you know, I – I'm not sure if Brent Venables was like taking a direct shot. He got kind of the most illumination. But there are a lot of coaches that don't want Sanders' experiment here to to survive. But we'll see if their depth. I think what, what we saw from OU today was a lot of guys that played in the trenches, too. And I think that's, that's huge because it's a long season. What I think we're going to have to see with Colorado, I will say this, gents. Shadir Sanders, that dude can play. He's as good a quarterback, I think, physically. And he, and he really throws a nice ball, and he tore up TCU. I was shocked that, I, I, you know, you got to tip your cat in Colorado. They went down there, and I think TCU season is wrecked. I think they're wrecked. I think they're done. When you lose a game like that, embarrassingly to lose that game to that staff, that's your, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to TCU the rest of the week. Uh, we'll, we'll house them in Norman. Hey, thanks for taking the call, gentlemen. Yep, yep, you bet. Thanks, man. 
Uh, let's go back to the phone line. Sam and Edmund, who Sam did a very, very, very cool thing to support Julie Venables. Helped do a very, very cool thing to support Julie Venables. Um, so first off, hat tip for you, Sam, for uh, everything. And I know, I know you won't take any credit, and I love that about you, but everything that you've done over the past couple of months, just a, a salute to you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, hey, that, that was cool, Tyler, and I appreciate the support. We, we actually had people in line in concessions that were asking us where we got our shirt. And, you know, they, they, they were ordering them while we were in the stadium. So it, it's a really cool deal, you know, it, and like you said, it's not for us, and I don't want to talk about it a whole lot, but um, we did what we did, and, you know, we're going to continue to do that. So, hey, it's great seeing both of you guys today, by the way. Saw Trav down at the South Oval so uh, and Gunny. So shout out to those guys, but <laughs> – Hey, I, I, I've listened to a lot, and I'm going to say you, you can't take you, you can't talk about the bad and not realize the good with the defensive line. This offense, like like Travis said, they don't hold the ball. You know, I, I don't know how fast the dude was getting the ball out of his hands because I was at, at the game, but I, I bet it wasn't more than a couple seconds. And when that happens, you're not going to have a pass rush. He didn't get to hold the ball a lot. Um, so I, I don't think that's bad, but if you want to judge the defensive line, look at the stat line. They rushed the ball 23 times for 48 yards. Great point. And, and one of those was a quarterback uh, flush out that he broke for 10 yards. So 22 rushes by the running back for 38 yards. That's defensive line play. That's, that's, that's front seven play. And, and I'm going to throw Reggie Pearson in there because, like you guys said, man, he came up and he ran, run, run fit really well. Gentry Williams did the same thing. Jaden Rowe did the same thing. Like, the front seven is better. You can see it on the field. There's better athletes. Those guys are bigger. They're noticeably noticeably bigger than what they were last year and definitely what they were the last three or four years. So you can't, you yeah, can't just think... talk about the bad and the pass rush and not talk about 22 rushes for 38 yards for a running back. That's a hell of a point, yeah, because the, the same guys that didn't get the pass rush totally shut down the run game. So yeah, that, that's a great point. Uh, and, and here's the thing. I, I do want to touch on your, and it was good seeing you today, I, th- I want to touch on your size discussion right there, right, because you said the defensive backs looked bigger. A lot of these guys look bigger. I think part of it is – it's second year in the system, man. These guys know where they're supposed to be. It is a lot easier to go and lay the wood to somebody when you're confident with your first step, right? I mean, we see this in baseball, right? Like, where where's that first step in that pop fly, right? Is it forward or backward? Like, if you're making the first step in the right direction, you're going to be confident. You're going to be able to square up your shoulders and go hit somebody, right? So, with that, I think we're seeing that a lot. A lot of these guys... It's not like we had a bunch of, you know, bookies on the team last year. Like, we had dudes with some size. But this year, they're squared up. They know their assignment. They understand the defense. They know where they're supposed to be. And they can just go light a dude up. That's what I like to see. Yeah, 100%. Man, I I don't know if you guys have looked at the stat line yet, but there were 29 guys on defense that got on the stat sheet. 29. That's that's insane. We didn't have that depth last year. I know Brent talks about it all the time, and a lot of people just don't realize that depth was not there last year. That depth is there. They'll be able to keep guys fresh, and, and, and it's quality depth. And I know he says that all the time, and a lot of people don't realize what the heck that means. And There's not a lot of drop-off between the ones and twos, especially on the defensive line this year. I, it, it, I mean, it's, it's much improved. Can you judge a whole lot by Arkansas State? No, but what I'll tell you is, the last four or five years, 
Oklahoma doesn't shut that team out. They shut them out this year. So yeah. there's things that are moving in the positive direction. And I, I want to give a shout-out, and I hope somebody from this kid's family is listening. Jaden Gibson, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. I, I, I couldn't be more happy for anybody on the team because that kid has taken it for the last two years, man. Dropping the ball in the spring game, yeah, it doesn't matter. But it was confidence for that kid. The catches he made today, like you said, he mocked a couple guys. That, that, huge, man. Huge for momentum going down. Like, I couldn't be more happy for Jaden Gibson. I agree, man. Hey, great phone call, Sam. Yep. Hey, I'll talk to you all next week. There you go. Um, Texas got stuffed on a fourth and one by Rice just oh, yeah. a couple of minutes Don't ago. Don't get beat by food. Yeah. Don't get beat by food. Horns up 13-3 in the second quarter. Ohio State's only up 7-3 on Indiana midway through the second quarter. We'll monitor that one. Boise up on Washington 9-7 late in the second quarter. I believe Sark's vodka is on hold. We'll get him uh, coming up next. More of your phone calls as well, 405-651-3439 if you want to hop in. But it is the Windy Chevrolet Shooter Game Day wrap-up show. More to come next right here on The Ref. Have some complaints there. I won't lie bro, to you, bro. Roger in LA calls and says, "Nah, there's nothing to worry about." Like, then, then I'm, then we're good. Yeah. We're good. I'll tell you what. Roger in LA keeps us honest. He Dude. he plays an important role with this with this post game program, if you will. He keeps us honest. He kept us honest last year. He called us out on our BS and said, "Look, guys, we're no good." When Roger in LA calls and says, "Look," The pass rush, you know, we'll deal with it fine. They they held up in the run game. The wide receivers looked good. I'll tell you what, man, that's uh, that changed the trajectory of the program. Well, when, it, when, if Roger says some really nice things again next week, might be time to drive Woo! to Kansas and go bet on this team to win a title. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Texas still up 13-3 over Rice. They got stuffed on a uh, fourth and short a uh, few minutes ago. All right, let's go back to the phone lines again, 405 uh, well, we can hit some text, too, as well. Let's go to Sark's Vodka first. I believe Sark's Vodka is still hanging on. I don't know if I've ever heard Sark's Vodka's voice you know, before. To be I'm honest, Tyler, hearing this. To be honest, Tyler, I hope it doesn't ruin it for me. Because, you know, Sark's <laughs> Vodka, I have specifically in my mind. I don't know what to mind. expect. I don't, I don't know all right, Sark's expecting. Vodka, go ahead. Hey, you're on the postgame show. What's up? Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, good to talk to you, man. All right, hey, so a couple of things. How many passing yards can you hold him to? 160 on passing, is that right? So what? There's a couple of drops that people are talking about. So they get up to 200 passing yards. When was the last time you saw a QB with that arm come into Norman and we hold him to 70? We hold him to three or to zero touchdowns, 73 to zero. So all of you are talking about the, the pass rush. That's an interesting conversation that people are having, and I'd like a lot of those people to go back and watch film. How many stunts and twists did you see from our edge players? And how many times did you guys see our safeties and our nickel, a.k.a. Cheetah, float up into the past, pre- into past, past present? I mean, people are ludicrous. Our OU fans just drive me crazy. Uh, we didn't have any past presence from our edge. How many in 2015, okay, just to give you an idea, Victor Mayfield played Clemson in the Orange Bowl. They had one sack the entire game against one of the most prolific offenses we've ever seen. People want to talk about sacks. Yeah, of course we want to get sacks. No, Brent Venables likes to throw in a lot of clogging. He clogs up defensive lines. He lets his box play. The backside of our defense was stacked the entire day day with safety presence. I mean, it just makes me so mad, guys, whenever people talk about edge players. Oh, the best 
the best edge player in the Big 12 for the past several years, Trace Ford, didn't get any sacks. The best edge player in the ACC, Rondell Bothroy, didn't get any sacks. You guys think they just, like, didn't do any – or, like, they were super good at these other programs and they just didn't bring any of that to OU? We played the biggest offensive line that we're going to play the entire year. They were 6'6", averaged 330 pounds. They had, an, they had an obvious scheme of clogging up the middle – and letting guys like Reggie Pearson and Billy Bowman and Key Lawrence coming up to play two yards behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, what was their biggest play? A bust for like 25 yards? I'll take that all day. Say that score again. 73 to zero. My whole point well, is, how many stunts, how many twists did you see from the defensive ends? You didn't none, see any. None, man. Why do you think? It was, why it was so straight up and so vanilla. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I mean, I, I think we know. They, they, they knew what they were playing. And, and the game got to a point so quick where they didn't really need to do any of that. You know, it's not exactly, like OU exactly midway point. You through what? the second quarter. Yeah, like, got. it's not like OU started rolling up in the second quarter. Guys, there was Dude, 10 guys minutes had a left, job. and they're about guys to go 21 Exactly. They were told our, 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 our front seven was told what to do. They did their job. They weren't doing anything. They weren't doing any NFL, MVP, MVP type of defensive play. They were playing sound, efficient football. And they let our secondary, which is a Brent Venables, like, that is a Brent Venables note. His secondary always comes up to play. Yes, he's got really good run stops, which he showed today. They had, what, 43 yards rushing the ball with, I I mean, are you kidding? And they threw, like I said, they threw for 160 yards. There were drop balls, obviously. They could have thrown for more. My whole point is people get really upset, but go watch film again. Watch how many stunts. Watch how many twists we had. There was none. Watch how many times someone in the secondary floated up to catch a, a screen pass that was two yards. I mean, the, the, the QB was running away from – he was pressured. I mean, pardon my language, he was pressured damn near every single time he was throwing the ball. Yeah. I mean, why do you think yeah. Why do you think there were incompletions? It's Guys like obviously some have thought off. they were, forgot they were 6-7 and seven last year. Sorry. Like, who, who are it's, we, man? Exactly. Who are we to so complain about a 73 get, nothing win after a 6-7 and seven year? Exactly. People are going to get mad about the past presence, but just please, people, I would advise you, go watch the film. Go watch what our defensive ends did. It was very sound. It was very efficient. It was a technician in Miguel Chavis that was running that ball game, clogging up every single faucet of that offense, and then letting Jaron, letting Reggie Pearson, letting Billy, I mean, Billy Bowman is floating up farther than he ever has under any previous staff, even further from that. I mean, when, when the wide receiver dropped the ball, Billy Bowman was mad because he wanted to hit him. I mean, we had, yeah. second, we, had, we had secondary players that were very passionate about where the ball was going, and you could tell from film, it was studied all week, okay, defensive line, you guys are taking up all of these giant human beings up front, and you're letting all of our fast skill players play at the edge. If the Saul McCool would have played all game, there probably would have been two sacks. Or two, or two more TFLs. It just—I've said it repeatedly on the text line. You guys have heard me all the time. I get really upset with how just inefficient OU fans are. They get so upset because they don't see the stats they want to see. But the game result was seventy-three to zero. I mean, when was the last time you did that to anyone? Tulane almost beat us a couple of years ago. I mean. I, can I keep remember going a seventy. Down the I remember hole, a seventy-nine. Hole. I remember a seventy-nine to ten against North Texas in two thousand seven. Sam Bradford's first start. Um, I, I feel like that was the last. Maybe I can't remember if that was the last time if they were this north of seventy or not. But but the point stands. Sark Sarksvodka. Um, 
great phone call, all great points, and it's great to finally hear your voice, and we appreciate you being on the text line every single day, man. Seriously, yeah, of course, guys. It. I just want people to I just want people to know the last thing I'm going to say. I just want people to know whenever Clemson, it seemed like, boat raced us in 2015 in the Orange Bowl, there was one sack. There was yeah. one sack. So just hope that resonates with people. And they ended up being a pretty damn good football team that year. So, all right, hey, thank you guys for the phone call. Kick out this week on the phone line, on the text line. Met Seeley today. What a guy. You guys have a good one. Boomer Sooner. Yeah, appreciate it. 405-651-3439. We'll get to those texts coming up next segment. Texas still up 13-3. Quinn Ewers missed a wide-open receiver. Boy, that ball had a lot of air underneath Threw it, it out of bounds. Way too much air. Not not a great throw there by Quinn Ewers. We're they're, playing with their, they're playing with their food, man. <laughs> Seriously. Playing with their food. All right, we'll uh, more calls, more texts coming up next right here on The Ref. It is the Wendy Chevrolet Sort of Game Day wrap-up show right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back. Winnie Chevrolet post-game show here at O'Connell's on Historic Campus Corner. Historic O'Connell's, historic Tyler McComas with me. And uh, I'll tell you what, Tyler, they did just uh, run a promo on Fox about the historic Texas hype train. Um, and uh, gave you a little bit of uh, entertainment. Uh, Texas up 13-3. On Rice, looks like they might score a touchdown uh, to finish the half. Didn't end up working out. So, But the story of the day is Oklahoma, 73-0. to zero. The Sooners get it done. Shutout. A special teams touchdown for the first time since 2016. Gavin Freeman is as advertised. A lot of people thought, well, Gavin Freeman, he can't be that good, right? It's a charity case. He's a walk-on. He's short. You know, this, that, and the other. No, nah, Gavin Freeman's the real deal, y'all. So I'm, I'm excited about him. I'm also kind of excited we were able to keep Austin Stogner in bubble wrap for another week, Tyler, because what have we talked about all off season? It's been what does our tight end depth look like? What does our tight end depth look like? All of a sudden now we get out of here in week one and we're saying, oh, man, Austin Stogner didn't have any catches. To that I say, good, good. Keep him on the sideline. Keep him healthy. We're, we're good without it. I mean, today we scored 73 points with no, literally zero contribution from Austin Stogner. I say that's fine. What, do you, what say you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you didn't. There's no sense in getting worked up about someone that you didn't really need today. Um, I think the situation is still the same at tight ends. Like, I know Blake Smith got a, got a lot of play today, but – you don't have Austin Stogner at that spot, then you, you've got some issues potentially. So not to say that you should punish Austin Stogner when you get up 28 nothing before you can blink, but again, like is is the risk worth the reward when you're beating someone like this, like you are with Arkansas State? I don't have a huge issue with it. It changes my opinion zero about how I think he's going to be used in the offense this year. They were great in the red zone today. And I think they'll use him quite a bit in the red zone. So the wide receivers, I think, as a whole, I thought they played well. You didn't really need Austin Stogner. I'm going to guess we see a lot more of him um, coming up next week. I I think that's going to happen. You you know what's crazy, though? I hope we don't. I hope we continue to score and keep him in bubble wrap because we're so thin. I don't want to get in a situation, Tyler, where 
you know, we're up two scores or we're favored by a few scores. And Austin Sogner, you know, catches a helmet to the kneecap, and all of a sudden we're screwed the rest of the year with tight ends. I, I think it's almost a break in case of emergency situation. I mean, not full-blown, just hold him out until we need him. But let's let's continue. Maybe, maybe get through non-conference. I wouldn't be worried about that so much. Just get through. Get through the teams you're supposed to get through. And then, and then let Stogner loose against uh, the conference opponents. Uh, Connor, what do we got back in studio on the text line? Again, 405-651-3439. Yeah, se- 713 says, good call. 405, that was a good call. Sarks Vodka speaks for, speaks for me with that call. Ohio Sooner, Sarks Vodka is a five-star caller. Go off. Wow. And Sarks yes. Vodka himself says he drank a few at Logie's, not going to lie. <laughs> You should have come over to O'Connell, Sarks Vodka. Jeez. Jim in Arlington came over to O'Connell's, and he's hanging out with us now. Sark, uh, we've had some really good calls today. And I would hope the calls are really good. OU won 73 to nothing today. But, you know, good, good points by everyone thus far. I uh, appreciate everyone calling and uh, texting in on this Saturday. Is Still shocked that Colorado beat TCU. Still shocked that that happened. That Colorado-Nebraska game, that's going to – that's gonna have it's uh, gonna have some punch behind it at big noon coming up next week. The only problem for CU, this is their biggest home game in I mean easily since the Gary Barnett era, and it's at 10 a.m. local time. 10 a.m. local time. 10 a.m. Mountain for Colorado and Nebraska, the biggest home game for CU in probably over 20 years. Have fun with that one, guys. Have fun with that one. Yikes! Yikes! But hey, you know what? Today's 11 a.m. kick, Tyler. It seemed quite nice outside, you know. You get out there. It's the rooster kick, obviously. We want to get away from those in the SEC. But, I don't know, getting getting the game over with, Tyler, allows me to kind of pick on Texas, right, for struggling with Rice. Allows us to pick on Washington for struggling with Boise State. Allows this. We got this in our hip pocket. We're ready to go. One thing that's uh, interesting is Lindsey Street tailgating open back up. We got to get better there, you know, uh, throughout the year. Obviously, you know, a lot of people have set up their tailgates around the stadium, uh, over there, over by the Selman statue. There are a lot of really good tailgates. Uh, that Lindsay Street uh, needs to uh, needs to pick it up, but I think it will. You keep on winning football games like this, Tyler, and uh, the vibes will be fantastic yeah, all be around better. campus. It'll be better next week. Um, now, will it look like Baton Rouge, Louisiana on Lindsay Street next week against SMU? No, probably not. I, I just think a lot of people factored in the heat, the early kickoff time. Not saying that that's an excuse because I talked to Sam and Edmund during the game, and he said, look, you know, fans have been complaining about Lindsay Street tailgating now for several years. They bring it back, and there wasn't very many people there. It, it wasn't – that wasn't the best look today, so – yeah, we got to do a better job here moving forward of getting people out there on uh, on Lindsay Street. But all in all, just to kind of recap, in, in case you're just now tuning in, we got a few people upset about the pass rush. I think that we're over that now. I think that we're over that, and we've come to the realization that, hey, the defensive line and the front seven as a whole also responsible for how well this defense played against the run. So I think everyone – and, again, this team was 6-7 and seven last year. Who the hell is anyone to complain about a 73 to nothing win? I know Arkansas State's bad. They're probably going to fire Butch Jones at the end of the year. But who are we to complain about a win that that was that's you know so dominating? You know that's the thing, right? Because Butch Jones just had back-to-back top recruiting classes in the Sun Belt. They lost a lot of close games last year. They led an eight of twelve 
fourth quarters last year on their way to only three wins. They lack the depth. They dealt with some offensive line issues. He's recruited well through the portal. But, bro, if you lose 73 to nothing, yeah, you're probably fired. <laughs> I'm just off the top of my head. I'm going to come up with kind of the um, like the three highlights of the day for me. You can do the same, Connor, as well. Highlight number one for me is I, I just I feel good about Dylan Gabriel and the way that he played today. And, and not so much just the final numbers, though the final numbers would tell you that he did play very well, but it was against a bad football team. I'm talking more about just how in command of the offense Dylan Gabriel looked, how comfortable, how confident that he looked today. Just kind of seeing him out there take control of that side of the ball. I really like that rushing touchdown that he had on that third goal going into the north end zone. Highlight number one for me is just Dylan Gabriel, just the look. You can just feel kind of the confidence that he had, and he didn't necessarily feel that last year. Well, and that's what we look at is the confidence, the cool. That's what we get from Island guys, right, that kind of relaxed confidence. I mean, he he got out, scrambled around for a touchdown. He hit the plays where they were supposed to go. He even took a run up the left side, I remember. He was supposed to go right. Bent it back the other way, ended up picking up some yardage. I mean, he's he's a good quarterback. You know, he's a good quarterback. I think he's going to be one of the more prolific quarterbacks in the conference, if not the most prolific quarterback in the conference. And uh, his backup had an interesting style choice at the postgame presser. One Jackson Arnold wore a 2007 Big 12 championship <laughs> T-shirt nice. to the postgame. OU Missouri. One where OU beat the uh, Missouri Tigers in that. So, interesting style decision. Winery wears white OU gloves. Jackson Arnold wears OU over Missouri t-shirts. It's all good. It's all good. Takeaway, so. I'm going to get through these quick. Takeaway number two for me, I, I think I'm going to go with Jaden Gibson, man. And, and really, it's just happy for that kid after all the crap that he took this offseason. We can't catch. Look what happened in the spring game. And not, man, it, it'd be a little bit different. If he was just schemed wide open, he's running down the field himself. He catches two easy touchdown passes. No, man, he earned those catches. I mean, it was one-on-one tight coverage. As tight a coverage as Arkansas State had all game long, and he goes up and makes both of those plays. I'm not saying that he's your new number one receiver. I'm not saying that he's going to start. I'm just saying just store that in the back of your brain, okay? Store Jaden Gibson maybe getting a lot of his confidence back today as a potentially big thing um, that can happen throughout the rest of the year. So Jaden Gibson is probably, it's not probably, is number two for me. And then number three, man, I I just like the overall tackling. I like the overall tackling. I like the big hits. I like um, Reggie Pearson coming up and laying a big hit against the run. I like Gentry Williams having a big hit as well. Just overall defensively, I know there was a couple busts there. I think they'll get that worked out. I just thought fundamentally, defensively, they were pretty good. Yeah, and I want to touch on that Jaden Gibson part especially because Jaden Gibson, obviously, people had high hopes from him because of what play, Tyler. It was the it was the play in the spring game where Micah Bowens connected with him for the touchdown, and everybody thought, oh, Jaden Gibson, here we go, big-time receiver. Well, Jaden Gibson got a throw from Micah Bowens, who is – as far as I know, is not playing college football right now. The corner he beat on that play was one Dorian Plumley, who was a walk-on that entered the transfer portal immediately after that play. 
anything we've seen from Jaden Gibson of substance so far has not been good. Today he goes out and he looked like a guy that has never dropped a pass in his life. All the confidence in the world, right? And you've, you've heard it through camp, right? But it's a little bit different when you're doing it. It's completely different when you're doing it against live competition, when bullets are flying. And, and I like that you brought that up, that it wasn't that he was just running free. He can get running free because he's got the speed and the athleticism to do it. But this was a situation where, you know, they looked left and he was covered. And he just kind of gave him that look like, all right, throw it up if you want to throw it up. Gets thrown up. He goes up. Moss is the dude. That was a mono e mono catch. And with those, you know they're going to be more of them in the future because that just, just the confidence is going to start overflowing. It's out important of to note that as well because you and I notice it. The fans notice it. Everyone noticed what Jaden Gibson did today. At least you should. Quarterbacks notice that as well. So when Jaden Gibson's in the game, and it's a situation where nobody's open, and he's got tight coverage down the sideline. Maybe these quarterbacks are just a little bit more comfortable now saying, all right, let me throw it up to this guy. It's our ball or nobody's ball. He made a couple of those plays today, and if he can be that type of player for this offense, they'll, they'll find a role for him. I don't have any doubt about that. All right, one final timeout. We'll wrap it all up with our final thoughts next, and God, bring up that shocking win by Colorado over TCU today in Fort Worth. Final segment coming up next right here on The Ref. All right, final segment, Wendy Chevrolet, Super Game Day, wrap-up show. Tyler McComas, Travis Davis, and Connor Pasby one final time here in Norman. OU dominates 73-0 over Arkansas State. Much better test coming in next week. The SMU Mustangs, ACC bound, will be coming into Norman with Preston Stone and quarterback. Uh, I kind of gave my three final thoughts on uh, kind of Dylan Gabriel playing great, Jaden Gibson playing great. And then, of course, just the tackling overall is the defense. Um, what's the big takeaway from you before we get out of here, Travis? And, Connor, we'll get you coming up I'll, next. I'll, I'll throw a couple out there. First, I think it is the the lack of drop-off from the second and third units uh, because so often, Tyler, you see that, okay, first unit plays well, they get them out, and then second unit gives up a bus, third unit gives up, you know, this, that, and the other. Well, with the, with the way that Brent Venables is recruiting now, you've got guys like Lewis Carter and a Jaden Rowe and a P.J. Adebowale rolling out there with the second and third unit, third and fourth unit, and you're like, if you're Arkansas State, you're looking off the bench and saying, oh, thank God we don't have to deal with these starters anymore, and then you have those freaks come off the bench? That's got to be demoralizing for a team. So I think without, I guess, hammering at the competitive depth situation, I think the defensive just the lack of drop-off between kind of the second and third teams really speaks well to the way Brent Venables has recruited and what that's going to be like going forward as people uh, get their chance on here at Historic O'Connell's. But I think second to me, Brent Venables was about to fight a ref. I love that. With We were up 66 to nothing, and he was in the ref's ear giving him all he could handle. I mean, that kind of intensity. We had talked about this, Tyler, when we hired Brent Venables. It was, are we going to see that need for a get-back coach? Are we going to see him kind of dialed down a bit? Are we going to see that unquestioned just ferocity, right, that we've, that we've seen when he was defensive coordinator? Well, he dialed it a bit back last year, and I think he was a bit worn out at times, I think. I think that's what we saw. But I'll tell you what, today, it, it didn't matter. 
there was we were up 66 to nothing and it looked like he was coaching in the national championship game i mean that that's what i that's what i really liked and then again one more you know who noticed that by the way who was around him his football team yeah exactly and i and i think that that's brent just acting genuine in that moment but i also think that that's what are we doing i I know the score we got to keep playing like we got to keep playing every single snap and i know we know it's all about 60 minutes he's telling his team Maybe it sounds cheesy. I don't know. But I know, like, him getting in the official like that is genuine. But it's also a little bit of, hey, I'll hold up my end of the bargain as well when it comes to 60 minutes. You guys hold up your end of the bargain. I don't care how much we're up. Keep playing because I'm going to keep coaching throughout this as well. So I, I, I dig that. My third takeaway, there's no – all right, I'll, let me preface this. There's no quarterback competition in Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, uh-uh. But Jackson Arnold went in there and went 11 for 11 for, what, 114 yards, something like that, and a touchdown, ran for another touchdown. They they, they saw something they liked, Tyler, a couple times, and they just snapped it and ran it. A lot of people thought, oh, is this the belldozer? What's going on here? You know, you start to see that the offense and the future of this program is in very good hands with Jackson Arnold moving forward. Like I said, 11 for 11. We will have to see how next week goes to decide whether or not he's ever going to throw an incompletion in his <laughs> uniform. I mean, I know the odds are against him, but we've not seen him throw an incompletion yet, so there's no reason to believe that he ever will. Uh, Connor, what's your big takeaway from this 73-0 win over Arkansas State? Yeah, to me, I mean, I think number one was the offensive line to me. I mean, he rushed for over 200 yards. Uh, pass protection was solid, didn't allow any sacks. Uh, second for me, the wide receiver group. It looks like a strong group for this season. You saw a bunch of guys uh, get involved. It was fun to see Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson, those two guys, in the second half. And uh, the linebacker play, J- Jaron Kanick and Denny Stutzman look a lot quicker in that first game today than from what I saw last season. So I think linebacker play was much better today. Yeah, again, I, you have to take everything with a grain of salt today. But you look at what the wide receivers did and what the number of wide receivers did, like just how many guys made big plays down the field today. And and I think it's very fair to feel better about the wide receivers than you did 24 hours ago. And and that's kind of where I'm at. Do they have a true, legit number one guy? Don't know that answer yet. Though I did like, I liked a lot what I saw from Gavin Freeman, of course, from, uh, from Andrew Anthony and a lot of other guys. But just the overall depth at wide receiver, I uh, Yeah, I, I feel a lot better about that right now than I did 24 hours ago. A quick scoreboard rundown before we get out of here at O'Connell's on Campus Corner. Ohio State's up on Indiana 10-3 at halftime. Yeah, so the monitor, monitor the second half out there. Wait, halftime? Halftime, yes. Oh, my God. Halftime on CBS. Boise State trailing Washington now 28-9. Boise uh. State led 9-7. Washington 21 unanswered. Washington 28, Boise State 9, getting close to halftime. Texas just up 16-3 to over Rice at halftime. And Quinn Ewers has just not looked fantastic up to this point. 14-23, 161 yards and one touchdown. Uh, but some really poor overthrows on that's deep a, that's, balls that it, I've it, seen. Wait a minute, Tyler. Is that top 15 projected pick in Heisman candidate, Quinn Ewers? Is that the one you're talking about? Same guy, 19th uh, that's ranked. That's 19th ranked Wisconsin, up 14 to 10 on Buffalo at the half out there at Camp Randall. The Bills Randall. or no, University of? Josh Allen's not playing today. The oh, University no. of Buffalo, the Ugh. Bulls. 
not the Bills, the Bulls Ugh. are down just a 14-10 at the half. Michigan took care of East Carolina, Tennessee all over Virginia. I look like an idiot because I locked TCU over Colorado, Ooh. and Colorado won straight up. I am I'm shocked at that result. And like we joked earlier, we've spent enough time talking about how bad OU's schedule is this year. It just got worse with Colorado beating uh, the Warcraft. Yes, Warcraws. it did. Yes, it did. And Shador Sanders looked good, but Travis Hunter made him look good on more than one occasion. So it'll be interesting. They're playing Travis Hunter both sides of the ball. He's incredible. There's no doubt. But I hope he stays healthy all year because he's fun to watch. Hey, as always, we appreciate all the phone calls, all the texts, all the interactions. You guys, you make this thing go. And today was fun, and let's hope we have some some more fun Saturdays in store. They're 1-0 on the season. Not 6-7 and anymore. OU is 1-0 this time around. We'll talk to you coming up on Monday right here on The Ref. For Travis Davidson, for Connor Pasby, I'm Tyler McComas. We'll talk to you Monday right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.